<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Edit audio. After years and years and years of working in corporations, I am now fully ensconced in a freelancer's life. I have to be honest, it's taken me some time to get used to. There's the juggling of paid work and future casting work. By the way, I, I am obsessed with saying that phrase that Courtney said from season two, future casting. And if you didn't listen to that episode, please go back for God's sakes. But it essentially means investing time toward future gigs. Anywho, as a creative, there's also what I like to call hopeful work, projects that I hope one day someone will care that I have started. I have a fully written manuscript in my Dropbox. I have a TV show that I'm developing with a producing partner, and I write essays over on my Substack page. But the truth of the matter is that no one, like not a single person asked me to do this work, and ain't nobody paying me to do it, right now anyway. But recently, I had a moment where I was trying to find time to do some of my, you know, my hopeful work, and I thought, are these just hobbies? Does it even matter that I'm doing this work? Will they one day pay my bills or even a single bill? And at this point, we're just not sure. Hello, everyone. I'm Robin Hopkins, and this is Well Adjusting, where I talk to people about life stuff, but not in an NPR way. It's more like we're at the bar, having cocktails, getting into your business sort of way. It's it's giving drunk NPR. Oh, and producer Steph is here too. Hello. Today we chat, well, following your dreams when your dreams don't pay. Hello, everyone. Today on the show, we have an exciting guest. Her name is Sigrid. She is an avid listener to Well Adjusting, which we love, and she wrote us about an issue that she has been having. So the scoop is she's a podcaster, she's a writer, a marketing guru, and she is definitely a self-starter, but she is up against trying to fight for her dream show when it doesn't pay the bills. And she's got real questions about if she's going to have to give up on her dream or if she can adapt it or if she can, as Missy Elliott says, flip it and reverse it. I don't know. Let's see. Here's Sigrid. Hello, my name is Sigrid, but you can go for, most Americans go for secret. That's close enough. All right. right. It's probably going to come out like that. <laughs> and uh, I've been investing a lot of my savings and time in my dream of living full time of my podcast, but I struggle with putting myself out there. So I've been hiding behind the scenes. Do I need to give up on this dream or do I have to find my way of climbing onto the stage? I think that summarizes it. Gosh, you summarized it just like you're a podcaster. Like, <laughs> Oh, really? Like that was so perfectly <laughs> done. 
Let's let's talk a little bit about it. Give us a little overview of how you got started in the business and a little bit mm. about your dream. Like I feel like we need to know a little bit more about you. So a little bit of history. I am um, a radio journalist. Uh, well, that's my degree. Um, but I quit the industry immediately uh, after I graduated because I thought it would be too hard to make a career there. And so I went into marketing, and that was a lot easier. But seven and a half years ago, I, I felt miserable. I wasn't happy with my career, and I really missed my old self. Yeah. And so I started tinkering with the tools that I hadn't touched in years and years. And uh, I started improvising with uh, some sound effects and some music, and I came up with this ridiculous lesbian romance sci-fi story and... <laughs> Basically, it sounded horrible. My microphone had dropped many times over the years, so I, I sounded like a tin can. But I put it live. I created a ridiculous logo to go with it, and I had a podcast in like two days. And something deep inside me said, this is what I need to do. And I knew it was nowhere near the product or the thing I wanted to create, but I knew I was going to get there. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of like closed myself off of all criticism, all advice, because I knew I had to protect that spark. And I kept going. And slowly, I, you know, I invested in a better microphone and in, in better software. I took my writing more seriously. And very slowly, it became this whole production. And uh, I started having listeners and they started asking me, how can you, can we support you? And, mm -hmm. and, and then I got burned out again, <laughs> creator burnout, because I was still combining that career as a marketeer with the podcast. And I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Because once you kind of taste that freedom of living your passion, living your dream, creating what you want to create, it makes it, for me at least, it makes it even harder yeah. to go back to that day job. And yeah. I totally, totally burned, burned out. And my then partner, my now ex-wife said, okay, we can't do this anymore. You're, you're not doing well. So how about you take the leap and you jump and you try this full time? And of course, it was way too early. But still, it, it, it started this whole new chapter of trying to live of this creative thing. And uh, I found out yep. the hard way that it's very difficult and that it also triggers lots and lots of emotions when you don't make enough money and you start to panic and you start to, you know, sort of battle with these inner things like, do I try to make something that is more commercially viable or do I mm -hmm. keep doing my thing and have faith? And I, I guess I've been stuck there for quite a few years now. And I've tried many things. In the beginning, I was very principled. I wanted my podcast to be available to everyone. But I just, I couldn't sustainably live off gifts. So I started a patron. Mm -hmm. That's pretty recent. I think it's not even two years. <laughs> and I started, you know, walling off some content. Yep. But still, it's 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 not enough. And I'm still investing a lot of lots of savings. And I'm at the point where I have to say, like, when do I stop? Mm. And that's very difficult because yeah. it feels, I wouldn't say I totally identify with the podcast. I trust that I can find other things to do with my life, Yep. but I still believe in it. Okay. Tell us just so our audience knows more about it, because we're going to get into solutions and things that you might have to do, but I mean, marketing is part of it. So, I mean, for God's sakes, tell mm -hmm. everybody about the podcast a little bit more in depth. 
Okay, so the Lesbian Romantic Podcast is basically a very immersive podcast with lesbian romance stories. So it's like an audiobook, but on steroids with music and sound effects. I never hired actors because I wanted to keep it small. I wanted to keep it lean. So I do everything myself. I just like everything. So you're writing the stories as well as producing I'm, and reading and, and everything. Everything. That's a fuck ton of work. It is. <laughs> it really is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned that you're dipping into savings. So that's how your living is on savings. Yeah, basically. So I've I've two types of savings. I had some savings in my business as mm -hmm. a marketeer. Mm -hmm. And so I ran through those by now. So this mm -hmm. is the year where my accountant gets very worried. And I have some personal savings. And I use those as well now to just live off of. And I'm at a point where I'm like, I don't think this is okay anymore. So, right. so what I did do is, um, because marketing, is it's much easier to make a living. But there too, I really struggled to put myself on stage. So I did launch a second content brand recently and that's mm -hmm. called Dear Marketing Guru and it's kind of like a satirical blog but with genuine marketing advice. Okay. So I'm trying but the lesbian romantic thing is much harder. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you've picked a type of content that requires a lot of work because the mm -hmm. the writing has to be good then it has to be produced and you're doing sound design. Like this is not and and you know, this is an interview podcast and it's still a fuck ton of work. So it's yeah, like, it you know, shout out to the edit audio team. Thank you, Steph. Yeah. Um, like I could not do it without them and hold a job. I couldn't, I couldn't, it just wouldn't be possible. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so you've, you've picked something that's, that's hard. And you're, what I'm hearing you say is your runway is, your runway's ending. You're going to have to find some solution. Is that accurate? What's yeah. your time frame on yeah. that? The end of the year, really. The end of the year. Like I really want to break even in my business this year. And that's, that's honestly, that's that's not enough to live from as a person. Like I give myself a really tiny salary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's even not sustainable long term, but it would be a first step to break even. And at this point, you know, I know that's not going to happen because of the podcast. So I'm trying to do consultancy work and marketing. Right. But yeah, it's still going to be it's still going to be hard. So, okay. So I feel like there's two things. The problem's pretty straightforward, but then there is a little bit of the, the heart stuff around it. Like you, you've said several mm. times that this is your heart and, and you just have such belief in this project and it's, it's a passion project. So you've got what you can do. And then there is the reality of, of the project yes. in and of itself. So and the world. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, yeah. Well, because I think that there's something that a lot of people don't know when it comes to podcasting. All three of us are going to know this, but podcasting is is like you're making your money in a 360 way. Like they used to talk about 360 mm -hmm. all the time in the media, you know, like, oh, we, we've got to bring in digital, we've got to bring in this, you know, mm -hmm. but it's like most people are not making a living from their podcast. They're making it from mm, ancillary, like, you know, other other things that come with the podcast. So, you know, so you're in an industry that's that's tough. So I want to talk about like there's gonna have to be some form of a compromise in what your willingness is. But I also want to talk about your feelings. So I want to mm -hmm. start with the feelings yeah. because I feel like to move, if you just ignore the feelings and move into the practical, you're just gonna get in your own way. Because you're going to be like, what I feel. And, and you may not even know that you're doing that because you haven't processed the feeling. So I'd love to start there. Yeah, I'll about, push them down. Yeah. And I'll, like, I'll fully lean into the rational thing to do. 
And then slowly but very surely, the feelings will creep up and kind of like blow everything up. And yeah. I will throw every rational thing away. Yes, because yeah. because that's how you know, like as a general rule, at least for me, how I know I am acting from my emotions is when I'm not listening to logic. When I'm doing things that aren't logical and when I'm making decisions that aren't logical, it's because I'm, I'm, I'm in my feelings. So like, let's first talk about that. You've already had to make some concessions and like, how are you feeling? I mean, you're saying the road is ending hmm. in terms of being able to do it exactly the same. So how are you feeling? I'm honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is I feel sort of guilty and maybe even... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Like scared that people, like my listeners will hear this. And I, I feel bad that, um, how can I say this? Like that I'm even admitting this, which could add pressure to them, you know? Like I'm, I'm not supporting the, the podcast enough or this or that. And I don't want to come across... I don't want to communicate this um, in a way that makes them feel like they have to save me or something. Um, does that make sense? It does make sense, but it's not about you. It's about them. And and I think that's incredibly unfair to you. Mm. Yeah. Like you're, I, you're, I, you're saying, like, I'm asking you about your feelings and your first feelings were about hurting someone else. And that's wonderful. Yeah. And that makes you a lovely, lovely person. But it sounds to me like right now you're not taking care of you first. So if, if I were to say, what are your feelings about you? And that, like, how does that make you feel? Okay. So this is going to sound like I'm in therapy. <laughs> I'll try to say it without getting too <laughs> emotional. But I guess I feel resentful. I feel disappointed. I feel. Like I failed. Mm. Um, I think that's those three will do for now. Those are all yeah. big, so they will do. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to sit in that for a minute. You don't have to, but I would encourage you to, as awful as that's going to be, and to process that in whatever way you do. This is, there's a little bit of grief here um, because no mm, matter yeah. when we start to move into solutions, no matter what we say, some change is going to have to happen. Because mm -hmm. because the plane's got to take off. So there's some grief there and you have to let yourself feel that and you have to really take care of yourself during that because mm. you had a dream and you went for it and you went for it big and bold and you did it by yourself and you accomplished amazing, amazing things. Um, but, you know, it's it's not a linear thing. It's it like, to me, this is not a failure. This is... Like 
you're going to have to readjust. You're going to have to stop and like, you know, it's like if you turn a, if you turn a telescope, you have to like refocus that, hmm. you know, that's, that's what you have to do. But it, and it doesn't mean that this is going to end. It just may look different. Yeah. I think also like you, you did take the leap to do it, mm-hmm. which is. Hey y'all, I have a question for you. Have you been listening to Well Adjusting and secretly or maybe not so secretly thinking, geez, I have a problem and I bet Robin and producer Steph might actually be able to help me make some headway. Now, if that's the case, I have to tell you, this is your sign from the universe to reach out to us about being on Well Adjusting. I'm telling you, it is a sign. Get in touch. It's so simple. Just email us at hello at editodd.io, or you can hit me up on the socials. I'm at at RealRobHops on all the platforms. And I have to tell you, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to have you on the show. What is it that you are waiting for? Hit us up. Let's solve the world's problems. No, okay, that, that bar is way too high. Let's, let's just have some laughs and, and get into it. We're going to all feel better for doing so, I swear. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's more than a lot of people can say. Like, most oh people God, don't do that. Oh, my God, how few so people like, do that? Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> celebrating parts of this and being like, well, okay, I did this. And yeah, maybe parts of it didn't work, but parts of everything don't work. Yeah. You know, my business hasn't been the same business since it started. You know, you have to like change mm-hmm. it and move with things and like adjust to like make it either more enjoyable for yourself or better for other people or, you know, whatever. But that doesn't mean that I failed and it doesn't mean you fail either. Like you're just adjusting. Um, you're well adjusting. Adjusting. <laughs> Um, you said that one of the feelings that came up was resentment. And I guess I just want to ask more about that because we don't hear that very often and I'm not totally clear on what you are resenting. Hmm. I think I've, I've heard it a couple of times from other creators or, or I've recognized it maybe. I think there's a, a sort of, it goes hand in hand with a disappointment where you know you reach a certain number of people and you hear a lot of positive feedback or you don't, but you see that they download your stuff every week or every two yeah. weeks or whatever. And then you ask them for support and it doesn't have to be much, but then such a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of people who actually tune in every two weeks in my case, actually support the podcast. And I already feel bad saying that because some people support it insanely, like give so much in any way that they can. Yeah. And those are the people, the, these huge fans that, that have kept me going for so long. But from the start, I knew I was in trouble having these huge fans in sort of a way, like they were keeping me going, but I knew it wasn't sustainable. I right. would be much better off with a lot of people who are kind of like 
a fan and are willing to buy me a coffee every month. Yeah. You know, I need a lot of those. The people who support, it's usually somewhere around one to 3% of your total listeners. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's when you start doing the math. Mm -hmm. You need to get a lot of listeners, and that's where the, the model sometimes falls apart. Yeah, because my content is super niche, you yeah. know, and even yeah. within the queer community, it's niche because not everyone likes romance. So it's a niche in a niche, yeah. <laughs> in a yeah. niche, you know, it keeps going. And that's probably why some people are such kind super fans and they do everything they can to keep me going. But yeah, building that larger audience that is required to keep going sustainably. And I think my percentage, I would probably put it at four to five. So I'm doing really well That's compared amazing. to other. That is amazing. Yeah. But I can't seem to reach a large enough audience to, to keep going as the way I am right now. Well, I, I want to say this. I love Steph's question. And, and one of the reasons I love it is because I think one of the things that I, I'm going to recommend is like journaling or, you know, however you get into what your feelings are and like investigating them a little more. Because like I think of resentment and I think sometimes I'll get resentful, like, fuck, like, why can't we surface this to more people? And why does shit stuff do really well? Or, you know, like as an actor, <laughs> I'm just like, that person sucks and they got that mm. part. You know, it's like, like, I'll have all kinds of resentment for out here because sometimes hustle doesn't equal success. And that pisses me off to no end. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that there is some component while you start to build out a new plan for how you're going to approach this. I, I think that there would be, it'd be really great to do some investigation into your feelings, you know, mm -hmm. like long walks. And, and I had a, I had a little image of just like, I want you to throw a party like, don't you throw a party, even if it's like you're the only person who comes and you're dancing home alone, but a party for all that you accomplished. Like Steph said, so many people talk about a thing they want to do and never take the leap. Like 99% out of 100 never do the thing. And so you have put yourself out here on a limb that even of the 1% that jump, your limb is so much further out than so many people. And I think that within that, you need to celebrate the growth. You need to celebrate your creative. You need to celebrate that you have 4 to 5% of your listeners have helped you keep this going for seven years. You need to celebrate yourself. Like, I think there needs to be some kind of a party that says, like, I fucking did great before you make any changes. <laughs> I also think like coming from that place of like, you know, when you start recognizing and like talking about how the things that you're grateful or proud of or excited about, usually like more of that comes into your world. And it's not necessarily mm -hmm. that more of it comes into the world. Sometimes, sure, like it brings in more people. Um, but I think you start recognizing it in other parts of your life. So I, I also think that would be great. Plus, if you're like, shout out to these four to five percent, I'm obsessed with you. Like maybe someone else will hear that and it'll go to six percent because they want you to be obsessed with them too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that there's a, there's like a, this or that thinking that's happening right now. Like I'm either going to make it or I'm not going to make it. And I think mm. I'm suggesting that as you process your feelings, what may occur is this new space of like, oh, there's this hybrid option that I didn't think of, or there's this, or, you know, it's like, 
sometimes, like Steph said, like her business looks totally different than it did when she started. You know, I'm sitting here podcasting and it's not, I didn't know that I was going to end up podcasting when I started off as an actor. Sometimes just things shift and, and that's actually okay because something Mm -hmm. can come in that wasn't available when you were banging your head against a wall. Yeah. I, I like you calling me out on that because I always appreciate a good mirror. Um, so I do actually do a lot of emotional work and journaling and all the gratitude journal, uh, meditating. And, but I think, you know, the, the grief, the resentment are emotions that I often, it's, it's, you know, you can have a gratitude journal and meditate and you can still manage to push things away, you know, kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, you're kind of like you, you, you feel bad or sad and you focus on something else and then you're all grateful for the beautiful tree in your garden, but you, you haven't processed (laughs) The resentment, you know, that I, I'm really good at that. But um, I like you calling me out on the black and white thinking, because that is definitely something that I've had to work on since since I was a teenager. Uh, a teacher called me out on that, too, when I was struggling, like, oh, you think in black and white. So I know that's something I tend to do. Um, and uh, I think right now, yeah, because of that hard deadline or what I think is a hard deadline. It it gets worse again. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like when deadlines and when fear approaches, I know that all my worst things just come up louder, bigger, Mm. all my fears, all my, you know, just because you're scared. A deadline is scary. And this is a, this is no small deadline. I think it's really natural that you would feel that way. And I am so glad to hear that you do a lot of emotional work and you do a lot of meditation stuff. So it's like, you know, you may be able to move through that fairly quickly, which is great because you're a doer. And then you can start to get into all the things like you can have your feelings and you can be like, okay, well, this sucks. This isn't exactly how I wanted it to be, but this is where we're at. And this is the elephant in the room. And I think there's some real visioning to be done. Like, I'm I'm glad to hear you. You're starting consulting work. That's great because you may have to, it reminds me of our episode with Courtney. Like she had like her dream job, but not her dream money. It was like in season two. And you may have to like, maybe you're going down to once a month. I mean, there's, there's a million, like a million different things you could do. Like because your niche, there's a really weird thing in podcasting that doesn't happen in other industries. Some people, some marketing place, and you, you, you know this, I'm sure already love niche because mm-hmm. there's less people. Like I, I remember hearing about a podcast that was about knitting and she was like making a living because she was bringing in sponsorship from, from people because they knew the knitting community is not humongous, but we were getting to directly to our consumers mm-hmm. and my old podcast was niche within a niche, you know, LGBTQ and then parenting. And we picked up sponsors for that same reason because they knew they had people who were there specifically for that. Like these are all people trying to have a baby. So that was, that's helpful. So you might be able to go out and look for sponsors. I don't know, Bella books, the fiction. Um, cause I would, I'm a very knee deep into the lesbian romance books. Um, <laughs> I do love that. I like that was like my Oh my god, new I new fun fact unlocked. But uh you know, so there might be like maybe there's some like partnership. Like those publishing houses are all small. So I think like there's before I go through a hundred different ideas, because <laughs> it's like say. I'm gonna turn it into like a business coaching thing. I wanna know like what Please are, do <laughs> we could do that offline. But I wanna know what do you think about changing your model? Like what comes up for you when 
when I start to talk about all these different things. And, and what is your model? Like, what are you doing now? Okay, so my model right now, so I moved on from Strictly Gifts. And so now I have a Patreon and mm -hmm. uh, people can support me there and then they get early access and access to extra scenes. It's pretty straightforward. And, you know, the higher the tier, the more perks. And how um, much money are you asking for? Yeah, what are your tiers? My tiers are, in comparison to other podcasts, are pretty high. Um, so I think the lowest one is about four and a half bucks mm -hmm. um, per month. And uh, then it goes all the way up to 50 bucks a month. Right. And um, I think there's one crazy shoot for the moon, 250 per month. But I haven't sold that one yet. But it's good um, that it's out there. It's good that you put that down. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I have now. What I've also recently changed in the same week that I emailed Robin is... I got uh, my own um, fuck it <laughs> week. I was in France and I was thinking about things and I was like, I got to step off this principled idea of not doing ads because I haven't, I've refused. I'm, I'm really big on privacy and I hate spying on people so I can sell their data, these insights about people to advertisers. But I can see that there but is you work in marketing. a gray zone there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I know. We we can talk a few hours about that. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, so, yeah, I actually, I signed up that same week for a beta program to have ads inserted in front of the podcast, like like you do. Yep. Um, and they refused. They said my content was not a fit, that it was not good to go with advertisers. So I got it. I was really pissed off, but they, because they hadn't added that small print in advance. They had even asked me to fill out the form to get it all started. They were going to confirm once it started. And all of a sudden it was like, oh no, your content doesn't fit. So as a queer creator, that really pissed me off. Yeah. So when I get pissed off, I, I get rebellious. <laughs> so I left that host and I found myself a host where I control the ads. So I can promote my own stuff, which is what I'm doing now. I'm promoting Patreon a lot more and I, I can use mm -hmm. this whole back catalog to do it. I can't say I've really seen much result of that, but I could also do awareness campaigns and other things for other brands that I feel are a good fit yeah. with my audience. And you might be able to get partnerships. You know, another thing that I would ask you to explore too is, are you because because I think we're still in Steph's question of what are you doing? What do you want to be doing? Um, mm -hmm. Are you doing things like looking at other pe other creators who are doing things like you're doing, asking them what they're doing and asking people, um, you know, like you and Steph should set up some time. I just volunteered Steph's time. But, <laughs> you know, to talk to Steph is running a queer led business in the audio space. Like, are you are you speaking to other people off of LinkedIn and things like that? Not enough. I can pretend that I have, but it will be these one-shot <laughs> things where I send an email and then I don't get a reply and then I give up and I'm like, see, that doesn't work. So I'm not going to pretend that I did. I love your you know. honesty, though. I really do love your honesty. <laughs> well, it's like my uh, I, uh, I, do, I don't see him anymore now, but when I went to my therapist, he would say the same thing. And I was like, I'm paying for this hour. I would be stupid to start lying yeah. to you. So I want to use your advice and your time as well as I can, too. I think even like everyone knows different things and has different networks. So it's like, it is a good tip to like be networking with people 
and not even just for information, like getting information from other people and what they're doing, but also for building a community. Like, guess what queer people do really well? Mm. Exist in community, support each other. So like, how are you doing that? You know, like, you're asking for support from your listeners. Like, how are you supporting other creators? How are you building a community around your podcast beyond the people that are already there? Hmm. I used to have a community on my website. It was wonderful for a while, but then it got um, very intense to maintain it, to um, moderate it. And it got a little bit dramatic and difficult. And and that kind of killed it. (laughs) <laughs> and then um, not too long ago, I started over on Discord, but it's 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 a very nice community, and I, I love talking to listeners there. But I I I wouldn't say I very actively have um, everything that I tell my marketing clients to do planned. Yeah, you know? well, <laughs> I suck at doing my own work for myself. Well, you know what I'm hearing in all the things you say. Or in a lot of the things you say, because like at the beginning, you said something I need to put myself out there more. I think you are putting yourself out there in a lot of ways. But what I'm hearing is that you're the mantra is that you're you're doing it yourself. And while that's wonderful as a person who tries to do everything myself as well, like working with Steph's team, like Steph will tell you, because Steph has worked on this podcast as well as the previous one. The previous one, I did everything myself. And this one, like the beginning, when we started well adjusting, I was like, do do I, do I do that? And I was like, I was doubling some of the work because I could not hand over control yet. And then I realized, oh, you don't do that. And then that frees you up to do this. Hmm. So I think I think there could be a reframe in your thinking about how to, like Steph's talking to you about building a network and you're talking about a thing that was you with your listeners. How can you pull back and create other people who get invested in you and then you're invested in them and then something, it flies. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I think I do. I was listening to you and I was trying to focus and listen and not think myself, but I did suddenly realize like, oh my God, I have to let go. I'm trying to want two things at the same time for this podcast. And I can't do that. I can't keep doing that. I am telling myself that I need to be an entrepreneur because I have some distant dream of doing this full time. But by now I know that is not working in the way that I want to be working. So I could possibly make it work, but I would have to do things that I don't envision when I picture my daily living and what I want to do with my daily life. So I think I have to let go of that. And I do... because that's, that By the way, me- that's wonderful. This is part of your party. That's <laughs> yeah. a wonderful thing you just did. And I think I do... What really touched me is, yes, I need to embrace this community more. That could still help me, you know. It might not take me to a full-time level or even a solid part-time level, but it might still help me and I will reach more people. And in the end, if I reach more people with my stories, then I'm happy. So I need to tap into that. And for the rest of my income, I think I need to find another solution and I need to stop burdening the podcast um, and its listeners with that. And I need to come up with something I can do. And I can do many things. <laughs> and most of them I don't like to do. Um, so that's another problem. But, you know, I mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast. Like, I know that it would be much easier to do consultancy and marketing. It's, it's, I can make money there. 
But then all these principles and the introvert and everything gets in the way again. And But for the first time in, I think, 10 years, I've recently found a way of showing people what I what I can do in marketing. So I, f I guess you could say I finally found my voice in marketing as well. That's why I started this satirical blog. But again, why I'm sharing that is I chose, again, fiction. I chose yeah. wrapping things up in a story. That is my, my core. That is what I want to do with my life. So I think I need to protect that. Yeah. And I'm for it. And you will find the line. You will find the line of what you have to do to pay the bills. I'm just going to say this because I think you might also feel this way. I used to be really scared about, oh, I'm still scared. I have to like shut up the voice in my head that is like, don't reach out to people for favors or like no one wants to hear from you, like whatever that is. Reframing that in my mind to be like more about building community has like really exponentially helped me because the truth is that like everyone wants community. Like everyone wants people around them that understand them or understand parts of them and like to be like in conversation with people. So I think number one, don't be afraid to do that reach out. But number two, like I find, you know, one email from someone saying that this show or an episode helped them is enough goodness for me to see the value in it for like a year, you know? So keeping those moments, like acknowledging those moments and celebrating them, number one. But number two, like, um, by the way, that means listeners keep emailing <laughs> hello at editodd.io because and telling how much you love this show because we need staff and edit audio to continue this show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. PSA. But yeah, it like keeps, you know, it keeps it going and it, I think it helps keep the resentment at bay. Mm. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, really great point. I, I too struggle with asking for anything from anyone. Cause I'm like, I got it. I'll do it. I just never want to ask. I didn't get it on my own. I didn't. And I finally just been like, I, I, I reframed it to, I like your community, but I reframed it for me to, I know that I offer that to anyone. Anyone reaches out to me on LinkedIn. I all, almost always take the meeting and I'll, you know, anyone I've done a, a hundred, like how do you podcast one-on-ones with people? I'll always give that out. And, and that allowed me to be like, oh, I do that. It's okay if I ask someone else and they can say no. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you one more piece of homework, which is to make a list of the things that you enjoy about your life and making your podcast and then the things that you hate and see if you can offload some of the things that you hate. Like if you hate social media, like maybe that's something that you could get help with, or maybe it'll just define the parts that you love and make you realize that like, okay, I love that. Like my energy isn't depleted at the end of the day. What's a job that I can have that will also let me maintain my energy. Like or mm. I don't know, as an artist, sometimes you need stories from the real world. Like maybe you work at Trader Joe's and listen to all of the people and get like more ideas for your show. And that can be inspiring. We talked so much in this episode, more than I think we normally do. So I want to ask you how you feel before we close this out, because I, I want to make sure we didn't talk so much that we talked you into a hole. No, you didn't. You didn't. Um, how do I feel? I think I need to send some emails <laughs> and kind of like look for partnerships or look for people who can help me come up with partnerships and tap into that 
community. And I really like the idea of doing some sort of party or ritual where I let go um, of certain expectations of the podcast and then think like, if I did that with the podcast, I can do it again. I think I need to start believing in that yes. and accepting that. Yes. And, and I love I love your honesty. I think that is going to be such a help for you. And I love your willingness to like call yourself out. Like that's going to, you know, and to stand your ground and be like, no, this is where my line is. Like those things are going to continue to help you as you, as you go into this next phase. And I'm just excited to see what you do. All right. Me too. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think now you, but we also have to, you got to give one more pitch to everybody about your podcast because I cannot be the only one who absolutely loves lesbian fiction. I just can't. You want me to pitch that? This is probably the, yeah. the thing I'm worst at. <laughs> I think a good practice then. Okay. I think in the beginning I had this mission statement, like I want to make people smile and hope with immersive audio fiction. And I think that's what I'm still doing. Um, I just want to make people smile and kind of like cuddle up and put their headphones on and feel all the emotions and, and feel that hope of connecting with someone. I think that's what romance stories do is bringing us that hope for someone we can connect with or reconnect with the person we're with. And um, I hope my podcast and my stories contribute to that for my listeners. I love it. Well, thank you so much for just, thank you. first of all, thank you for listening and for reaching out and yeah. being like open to sharing your story. It, this was wonderful. It was wonderful for me too. And I really look forward to the next season. Yay. Thank you so much. Well, let's get a little deeper. All right, people, update alert. Sigrid hit us up and she is already starting to network. I am so proud of her. Mm-hmm. See, I, I just, I have a feeling with her that she, like the way that she was like working it out in real time, like she's going to be able to keep her dream alive in some way and still make money, you know, in a way that doesn't give both you and I and her financial advisor a heart attack. I think that's <laughs> going to happen. Yeah, me too. But while we were talking about this, I was thinking, you know, we held her feet to the fire a little bit in this episode. You know, we were, we were coming at her and by we, I mean, mostly me, cause you're always <laughs> delightful, but we both say that we're horrible networkers. And so my question is, I always say that you are not, but do you, do you think it's true? Like, do you still feel that way that you're a bad networker? Well, what's so interesting is I always say that you are not. No, I'm horrible. I'm horrible. <laughs> I don't think you are. I mean, you know so many people. You know like a million people. Every time that someone reaches out to me, you know, just trying to get an in in the industry or just trying to meet someone for this, I'm like, oh, you should talk to Robin, even if it's like <laughs> not even the same industry, because you're just so good at like talking to people and being in their corner and building like a group of people around you. You know, and what's funny is that I'm always like, you should talk to Steph. She's got this fantastic company. <laughs> like, we're both doing the same thing for each other. Yeah. I always say I'm bad at networking because I think, similar to you, I'm bad at faking it. Mm -hmm. And I think for a long time, I thought that, like, networking meant you had to, like, show up as this, like, business executive and, like... I don't know, I had to dress a certain way and talk a certain way and discuss things a certain way and all of that. But I'm not good at that. But I yeah. am good at I am good at showing up as myself and being like nice and interested in people. Well, that's the thing I admire about what you do 
for me, I think the reason that I say I'm a horrible networker is it's so uncomfortable for me, which is kind of counterintuitive. I'm so talkative. I talk about myself. I write about myself. But when I get into a room full of strangers and, and we have to just talk about surface level work things, I get really up in my head. And then I just like, I don't want to, and I feel like people are going to think I want something from them. And then I just end up hiding in the corner by the food table. Like I'm just, Mm. but I, like, I admire what I've learned from you in networking is seeing that what you do is just walk in inquisitively, just like these are real people. And I don't know why I didn't think of this because it's so kind of obvious, but like I was putting all this pressure on it as a work thing like it's a schmarmy salesy thing that we're trading. Like I've got this business yeah. proposal for you versus the way you walk into it. It's just like, Oh, Hey, I love your coat. And like, in a couple yeah. times I've like gone to events with you. I'm like, she's so fucking good at this. Oh, thanks. You're I welcome. try now to like network as if I'm like a bartender. That's a really, it's almost like I should look at it. Like it's an acting role. Like I'm yeah. going to, I'm today I am the bartender and my job is to ask five questions about you. Yeah. I am, though, I want to get better at, like, asking for things. Mm. I will never ask someone to, like, hey, can you promote our show or whatever? I mean, I will, like, on social media, but I won't, like, directly do it. And I want to get better at doing that. Well, what's one one positive networking moment that you've had recently? I actually do have one. I got invited to this, like, drinks thing that was, like, with industry people, and I went and I was pretty nervous. And when I'm nervous, I sometimes talk too much or don't talk at all. And this <laughs> night I talked too much. But the thing I'm proud of is that I didn't like berate myself after. And I followed up with someone after, um, which I almost never do. I'm like, well, if they wanted to talk to me, they would have reached out. But yeah. I was like, I'm just going to follow up with this guy. He seemed nice. We didn't really get to fully talk about things. So like, I'm going to reach out and be like, hey, it seems like we like work in similar fields. Like, let's chat. And now we're getting a coffee when I'm back in October. Okay, that's amazing. Thanks. Good for you. I, I have one that I did recently that I'm super proud of. I was like working really hard. I've been trying to get a film and television agent for years. And this person lives in my building and she's a big casting director and she actually cast me in a TV show. But but I'm talking like in 2016 and I asked for her help, which I never would have done. And I, I, I had to write the email in a way that was like, don't worry about it if you can't, like no big deal. Like I did all of that. And she went above and beyond and actually set up meetings for me. And I now have an agent because of her. What? Amazing. Yeah. I know. And I never would have done that before, but I finally just started being like, you know what? I help a lot of people. So I was like, why can't I do that too? Why can't I ask? Yeah. So you can, and you did. Hell yeah. Ken and I did. Well, what I love about all this and, and about this and about the interview with Sigrid is that I hope that when folks listen to the show and like when we're talking to people that they see that we're challenging ourselves to step out of our comfort zone as well. And, you know, I feel like if if you and I can do it, like, you know, a, a pack of idiots, I feel like anyone can do it, right? We're all we're all out here trying and we're not perfect, but we we pick ourselves up and we try again. And I don't know, I feel like that's 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 what I'm really proud of that we're doing. Me too. We're really sitting in that dot, dot, dot between well and adjusting. (laughs) Oh my God, that's brilliant. I love that. Well done, Steph. Well done. Okay, another well adjusting in the can. I am so proud. 
as I'm saying goodbye here, I want to say a big thank you to Sigrid for being so open. I just, I loved your honesty and your willingness to express what is what for you. For more Robin, and you may need that, you probably don't need it, but like if you do, you can follow me at Real Rob Hops on all the platforms, all the socials, as the kids today say. Well Adjusting is an edit audio original, exec produced by Steph Colburn and Robin Hopkins. Thank you to Maria Passingham, Kathleen Speckert, and the whole edit audio team. Oh, hey, before you take out those AirPods, this show is just for entertainment. If you are in need of help, please, please, please reach out to a professional. Go ahead and get that help. You deserve it.